It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you, with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations, so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome back to the Transfer Tracker Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. This is an episode that I've been looking forward to for a little bit. I was waiting on this uh, recruiting service slash major sports entity slash you can maybe read between the lines and figure this out who they are. Anyway, they released their you know top 100 or so best transfers this year, and I've been waiting for this list. Uh, I've got, I've seen most all the list at this point. Um, I did all my rankings independent of seeing pretty much any of the list the first time. But I, I was curious to see where these guys came up. And we we won't, you know, they're behind a paywall. I'm not going to give out their information or anything like that. We'll talk in, you know, in general, kind of the ranges. They have certain players. We'll see what the major differences are and maybe compare it to some of the other rankings, you know, just talking in general. We won't give out any information. I'm not here to do that. They, you know, they worked harder on their stuff. I give out mine for free, you know, check it out. I guess this would be a good time to start plugging that. Um, I got a website now, the transfer tracker podcast.com. Check that out. It's got a cheat sheet with all their stats, you know, their main stats, their PER, their uh, points over replacement adjusted, true shooting versus what strength of schedule they were playing you know put a lot of work in it you guys should check it out i did it for me but you know giving it away too for completely free just go follow me on twitter i have a twitter now uh the transfer tracker podcast i will say after following these rankings uh multiple years at this point i think they they're good they, they did a better job this year in my opinion that we were mostly aligned in general i mean there are differences uh especially within the rankings on certain players that I, I just don't agree with but i think i think they did a good job overall for the most part i mean there are some but we'll get into that uh just to give you my overall philosophy uh as far as my rankings and and what i value i think that i put more emphasis on the next season because i mean we're talking about transfers and 1800 transfers and everybody's transfer in one time and you know i and a lot of players multiple times so I, i'm not so much worried about you know getting a guy and what what he can be in two three four years to you know two three years you know from now i i don't i think you need to strike why the iron is hot so to speak because these transfers they they have a itch to to move you know and and they're constantly uh in the past at least they were you know jumping multiple schools and i think these guys are going to try to figure a way to to transfer multiple times again especially if they don't find what they're looking for when they transfer so i certainly put the emphasis on you know the next season and because i don't think you can count on these guys being there for two, three seasons uh, down the line. I mean, all in all, if there's a guy that's younger, of course he gets the, 
Yeah, and it's relatively even. He he wins the tiebreaker. But in general, I'm looking for guys that are going to give me what I'm looking for the next season. I think that's what I value in general. Anyway, maybe I don't. They, they, you know, they don't really release what they're thinking and thought processes on that. But I think you can kind of deduct in some cases that it, it is more like a. Uh, long-term potential ceiling play you know what is this guy's potential is upside which that's all good too but you know this is in the nba you're not going to have this guy for you know 10 locked into a contract for eight nine years and potentially have him for 15 years you know it's it's not that situation this is a guy that's going to be there in a lot of cases a year two years maybe three if you're lucky and you lock him in with this new rule where they can't transfer as easily the second time. But just in general, it seemed like in years past, there was, you know, the random four-star guy that didn't do shit at the school. And they still had had them ranked. You know, there's still some of that, but uh, not. it didn't seem as egregious as in the past, in my opinion. So I think they've improved as well. And with anything, you keep doing it, I think you improve. So... Good for them. I certainly hope that is the case for myself as well. Okay, so let's jump in and actually see. And the first dozen players they have, I I actually have basically everyone on the list with two exceptions. And those are guys that I have talked about, harped about probably. If you want to know what I think, uh, you can go back and listen to another podcast where you know they're listed on it. I talk about it there multiple times. There's, you know, no reason to beat a dead horse. Just in general, we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, Brandon Murray, I just don't think there's enough there there. Uh, Corbello, I think even before this last year that was awful with the concussion, and even if you believe in the best version of him, I think he's an awful player to have to try to build around because he's a complete non-shooter even worse than that he's like a 16 percent shooter one of the worst in college basketball and i just think it puts a lot of pressure and stress on the rest of your team build so he's not ideal at any rate all these rankings that i've seen where they rank these guys top 10 top 12 top whatever i mean they they even specifically mentioned that you know this is not the statistical profile this is not you know this guy's very uh hard to quantitate for Crabello, he's enigmatic that's my word for him you just don't I don't know I mean they have sources they you know they know what the coaches are thinking but you know coaches get it wrong these recruiting scouts get it wrong you know I'm more interested in what you actually did on the court than you know what some dude thinks I mean they get it wrong plenty that's why there's so many transfers up and down anyway you know, I will say there's things to like on the court for both of them. I say less more for Murray. I mean, Corbello, he's just such a weird player to have to build around. But I just don't see star potential. Like, when, you, when you're talking about this level of ranking, you're talking about, like, all-American type potential. And that they even one of the other rankings even kind of mentions all-American potential. I, I, you know, come on, man. Like, I, I just I can't get there with off of – what's been shown it i might be completely wrong we'll we'll see you know we'll see about that but i've talked about these guys enough let's move along another guy we've talked about enough uh, jake stevens you can go back and listen to the other podcast with him in it 
you know they they had him actually better than the another ranking service out there that had him in the yeah, I don't know top forty. They have him at least in the top twenty ish. You know, so much better there. But I think he is a top eight or so. Definitely first tier guy in my opinion. Just he's big. He blocks shots. He shoots fifty percent from three. These are things that carry value. And I think he's certainly and, – and his strength of schedule we played against was undervalued. Uh, it's, it's not the Patriot League we talked about. But, you know, his Southern Conference, he had – he played like 165 strength of schedule. When I watched the video, he was just so incredibly skilled and in control of his body. Even if he was not athletic, I'd, I just think that he's going to have – one they had ranked, you know, 15 or 20 was uh, Ramey from Texas. And this one I hadn't really thought about. They actually mentioned floor, and I think just uh, that that's what you get with this guy. I just don't see much upside. I had him ranked around 35, and, you know, he's good. He, he is kind of is what he is, it seems like. I just don't see how, you know, a 13 PER player is, you know, top 15 or, or whatever he was in that range. I couldn't get there. Even as someone who probably over appreciates the floor you know the, the the baseline value you can probably bring i just don't think it's enough to be in that range okay moving along noah carter this is a guy i watch video on and i just he he's he was getting all his stuff in the post on post ups and he's six foot six 230 he doesn't rebound like 4.1 rebounds what are you gonna do with that i mean i just don't i mean it, it, every like all the highlights i watched he was doing some post up you know under the basket and he's he's just small and i think that works fine in the missouri valley conference and honestly i'm i'm i like smaller lineups i think get your skilled players out there and i i usually less concerned about size i I value the you know what what lineup does everyone run in the crunch time clutch last five ten minutes a game they go small pretty much on any level of basketball unless you got just Joel Embiid or somebody, you know, a great post player. You're going to you're going to size down generally and those guys get played off the court that are bigger. And so I value in general 6 foot 6 post guys that can, you know, play other guys off the off the court, but he just doesn't rebound enough and I, I to be top 20ish or whatever. He he did actually rebound better the previous year if that that's something uh he's a career 32 percent three-point shooter low volume i just think i would like to have seen more rebounding if you're gonna be a post play if you're gonna be a guy that we can put on the court you know at a p5 level and you're kind of in, in the post in general you're doing post-ups i think you got to be more of a rebounder and that that was my knock on him i just and i don't think you'll have quite as easy time you know getting those same sorts of uh post moves and easy easier buckets which you know i've seen guys like Jaden gardner at virginia he he still got his so it's possible but i you know I, the rebound if he rebounded at least that's something he's bringing with him i think would for sure travel i had him you know like 40 40 to 45 instead of you know 20 ish or whatever they had him so it's a it's a big difference by the way if you want to see these rankings again go over to the transfer tracker podcast to click on episodes i've got a cheat sheet there okay next up next up adam miller who's a six foot three 180 pound guard a shooting guard because he got no assist i can't imagine him being anything but a, a shooting guard anyway he's consensus top 25 
over pretty much every recruiting service. And this is one I honestly completely disagree with. I mean, he, he really wasn't even that great the last time he played in 2021. He, he was on Illinois that year. He shot the ball pretty decent from outside. Uh, 1.73 is a made, 34%. That That's good. That's pretty solid. Maybe you can at least expect him to make an open shot. But he, he had a 9.5 PER, 0.52 true shooting, averaged eight points a game for Illinois. That doesn't sound terrible, but, I mean, there's nothing, like, amazing about that either. And he was highly recruited, and that's mostly what I think everyone is banking on. But here's the catch. He tore his ACL in October. So you got to bank on these guys. It takes them a, probably most guys, I would say, about a year and a half to, you know, to get fully healthy again. And then there's probably going to be some diminished athleticism. That's just that's just the reality when you, t- you tear your ACL or have a, a major, major injury like that where you missed a year. Uh, not only the, you know, the ACL itself, but he missed a year of practice and improving. So this is a big deal anyway. You know, set aside the fact that he wasn't even that, you know, he wasn't what you would expect a top 25, 30, 40 player to be, which was the range he was in, even whenever he was completely healthy. And now he's tore his ACL and he set out a year, and you still got him 25. You know, I, I can understand having him 80, somewhere in that range, you know, where you say, hey, this is a guy that's got – three years of eligibility we can lock him in and you know he's got potential but uh top 25 which is the consensus i i just i don't see how you have a guy there like would you really pick this guy over like you know 20 or other 20 or 30 other guys that don't have the injury history that have been way t- two times more productive most of the cases and even at the p5 level i i completely i, I just don't get this one Next up, I don't think this guy's as egregious. It's uh, Femi Adilkale from Pittsburgh. He's six foot five. I do like that. He he averages three point four assists. That's pretty good. And he's young. He's got several years, so you can bank on. He's got some bankable things. I just I thought it was better players, better prospects in general. Maybe not for the long term, but certainly for next year, I would think. Let's just run down a few of his uh, inefficiency. Yeah, point four nine one true shooting. You know, 12 PER. He, he did play the 66 strength of schedule. That's pretty good. But he played on a team that wasn't good. I mean, he just he kind of sucked up usage, and he still had a 12 PER. And he did make 33% of his threes. That's not completely horrific. So that's something. Uh, played on the 101st ranked team, Pittsburgh. Not very good this year. But, I, I mean, I, I don't – I just – I think that's probably – 30 spots, 35 spots too high, even if you bank on the fact that he's young and, and maybe and he's got good size. That's something that even Miller didn't really have. He's six foot three, one eighty, that's for a shooting guard. That you know, it's not even great size. At least this guy's playing more on the ball and he's got he's six foot five, one eighty five. That that's something, you know. I, I find this one less egregious, honestly, but I still think he's I think there's better players and he's too high. You know, and he didn't he didn't come with the uh, pedigree. Like if he had been a top 25 recruit out of high school, you know, that's something more to add to the, you know, the mix. You, you can you can think about. All right, so let's move on. Uh another top 30 player from LSU <laughs> that didn't do shit. I don't, you know, Epton Reed. Yes, he was a top 25 guy out of high school, but 
He had a 12 PER, and I think he shot uh, like a four. Let's see. .533 true shooting, 12 PER. Uh, he he was did have a pretty decent defensive ranking, but I mean, are you really going to bank on this guy? I mean, a, a dude with a, a big man specifically because big men they have you know it's kind of hard to be a, a big man and be good and not have a, a a decent per. You have a twelve freaking per because you shoot forty eight percent from the line. You know, I, yeah, I just and he doesn't. I don't think he blocks many shots. Yep, not for. Uh, 0.8 in 20 minutes a game. That's not doing much there. To have this guy like in the top 30, you know, I I just don't see that. There's there's better players. There's you know, yes, you're banking on I guess the the top 25. Someone thought when he was 17 years old he was a top 25 player in the class of 2021. I nah, man. I I think you just you got you got to. What takes more precedent on this guy is the fact that he was kind of mediocre. I mean, he wasn't terrible. I could see him doing well, but as a, a top 30 prospect, no. No. You know, at least he has both of his ACLs, though. You know, unlike the other guy. Now, this next guy is going to sound hip- hypocritical. as the way I talked about the injury history. But it's a shoulder injury. It's not, you know, lower body Achilles, ACL, you know, knee problems i think the impact guys more and his name is Tariq key we've talked about this guy before he was three-time like first team all missouri valley totally solid career 38 percent three-point shooter uh he just he he's a good player i think he's a really good player and yes he hurt his shoulder and had to have surgery and missed last year but patty mills Paul George. I mean, there's guys that have hurt their shoulder and never really missed a beat. And it's not like it's uh, his a knee a knee problem, which I think is a bigger deal. And so that's part of my thinking on that. That's why I consider it. I had him on my first tier, you know, like top 15, really around the top 12. And they got him pretty much everywhere else around 30, 30 top 35-ish, we'll say. So I I just I think he deserves to be higher. What you know, another overrated LSU guy, in my opinion, in the top thirty-five. What the hell? This guy is—he's not even in my top one hundred. Like I, I might could find a place for him, but I just don't see the reason to. Let's go over him, Alex. What the fudge? And he's consensus. Hey, I've seen him on other lists, even higher actually. He's ranked higher, high, higher in other places, and he's a. I don't know. I don't get this one at all. He's six foot eight, one eighty five. He averaged three points, three rebounds, thirteen PR, shot twenty eight percent from three, a point four seven three true shooting. He did have a good defensive rating. I will, I will give him that. That's pretty good. Oh yeah, but this is a small sample size. He took fourteen three pointers the whole year, so he doesn't shoot threes. And when he does, he they I guess they're daring him to shoot them when they're wide open, and he. He doesn't make them. And, I, like, why? Why is this guy, like, he's not even, he's, he doesn't even come with the high school pedigree. He's not like a consensus top 100 recruit. Like, I kind of understand why you would have, like, a top 25 recruit, maybe. Like, I don't, I think that it's kind of stupid, like, when, I mean, as much as people get it wrong, you know, high school services and coaches stuff, recruiting these top 25 guys, there's bust all the time. There's bust in the NBA in the top Four picks every year. 
But this guy's not even that. He's he doesn't come with that recruiting pedigree. Like he's not a top one hundred consensus player on you know sports reference. And he averaged three points a game as a role player, you know, going against second team guys mostly in 13 PR, doesn't shoot threes, six foot eight, kind of skinny. You know, I I don't, there's there's so many more players. And it's not like to to crap on this guy. I'm sure he can be a, a good, solid college basketball player eventually, but not right now, you know, like in my opinion, like there's so many more guys are proven and, and, and good and come with like good size and good athletic ability and all that as well. And, and why would you take, I mean, why would you take this guy over those guys? I mean, what, but he was at play to LSU. What's so special about LSU? They've, they've got like six or eight guys. It seems like that everybody like ranks so high. Maybe I, maybe this one will make me look stupid. I mean, I, I'm sure they're, I'm sure I will get stuff wrong, but I just don't understand this one. I don't understand how you have this guy over tons and tons of other guys out there that have proven it. And this guy's three points, three rebounds on a you know seven seed or six seed, whatever they were, as a deep bench role player who played 13, 14 minutes a game. You know, doesn't shoot threes. Ah, I don't. I don't think so. He's just the ubiquitous kind of guy I think you could they're everywhere I, I mean I just don't see what is so special about him I mean even the, the the theory of him the best case scenario he's six foot eight 180 whatever I mean he he's kind of a tweener I mean he can't shoot threes he doesn't pass or facilitate like is this guy gonna put on some muscle and and be a power for a skilled power forward or is he going to actually develop a three-point shot when he shot four of 14? I mean, it's just, he's got a lot of work to do, man. Like, I could see him being good maybe one day, but, like, next year, I don't expect him to be, like, one of the best, you know, top 35 players. Okay, moving along. Devin Carter. And this guy was top 30. I, I missed him a while ago. I actually don't think it's that egregious. He just doesn't shoot three-pointers. And... To have him at this this spot for a six three guard that you know doesn't shoot three pointers, that's questionable in my opinion. But he was he is a freshman and he he was actually productive and had you know good good efficiency otherwise other than shooting three pointers. But I just question that. There's there's guys that you don't have to wonder about that. You don't have to like worry about your team build and putting so much pressure on getting like a stretch post player because you're your six foot three guard can't shoot a three pointer to save his life. That's a, uh, it's a bit of a question. Okay. So I think we'll cut that there. And this is the part where I say, come back for the stunning conclusion to this episode. See you then later at Vanguard. This is more than just a retirement plan. This is your cappuccino date in Italy, the beach house with the matching bicycles. It's your rental car down memory lane. And weekends reuniting with friends from over the years. This is the future you imagined. And Vanguard is here to help you build it. Because at Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.